We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast that is proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am here with the extravagant Rohan Kadi to talk about a few big pressing NBA and Bucks topics. The, we have to get to a serious one first, but then we have a tale of constructive bullying and some bench scoring to talk about. But Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, We're getting into the thick of the NBA season, for good and bad, as we'll talk about. I was going to say, uh, uh, gonna say are we? Uh, we might be getting into the thin as we're getting into the thick. Uh, uh, somehow, that, it makes sense. Trust me, listeners. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to leave that yeah. one alone. Uh, uh, we're getting into the slim thick of the NBA season. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so what we're alluding to sort of is the effects of COVID-19 on the world, the Which country. Which is still a thing. It's, it still is a thing. The clock flipped to 2021. I was ready to leave it in 2020. Apparently, the virus was less ready to be left. Please, folks, wear masks, distance, you know, wash those hands. You should have been doing that anyway, but like wash those ago. hands. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you should have always been washing your hands. Yes, but at but, the bare minimum a year ago. Yeah. I guess we have different bare minimums. That's um, fair. <laughs> but if you've been paying attention, even if not, I mean, this has been really big news. Games being postponed all around the league. Sometimes not like the Sixers had to play with like seven guys, I think, basically. Yeah, they had Mike Scott available technically as their eighth player, but he was injured. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, why did they make him? That was that's a weird situation. There's a weird Ben Simmons thing happening. 
Um, there's a weird Kyrie Irving thing happening. I don't even know if we have time for it. I don't really want to get into it anyway without more details. But COVID is the big thing. Um, multiple teams have had to shut down their practice facilities, cancel practices, um, and of course, like I mentioned, postpone games. It depends if they have eight or n- players or not. And I don't, I don't have an exact number. I could update by the time folks hear this, but I want to say at least four to five games have been postponed this year. Rohan, is that accurate? I believe, yeah, four to five. And it seems like we could get more just because, I mean, the the contract, not contract, contact tracing protocols require players to sit out even if they haven't tested positive although i know the dallas mavericks they did have multiple positives on the team which is of course concerning every single positive is concerning we here at the Eurostep hope that everyone every personnel every person every team every fandom is doing as well as possible in this of course, of course. extraordinarily trying time but in response the nba is not postponing the whole season it is instead instituting a bunch of new rules including no uh, close friends in hotel rooms anymore, which it's kind of amazing that basically random people could see these NBA players and spend time in their hotel rooms and not be any part of any testing if there's going to be testing three times a day for the players. Um, But that was the rule. There were approved restaurants that now there are none. Players are basically just supposed to stay in their hotel rooms or sit at home. And it's more of a bubble-like rules rule set now, it seems, although, of course, they're not actually stuck in Disney World I think time. I think it's less uh, – it's even worse than the bubble in terms of rules, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. I mean, I think I would prefer this to the bubble because you do get to go home at least every – Of course, of course. But, yeah, in terms of what you can actually – especially on the road. I mean, at home you get to be at home. But, yes, yeah, on the road, on the you're, road, like, in yeah. the hotel room. And that's it. We got Josh Hart tweeting about how he can get his PS5 hooked up to hotel Wi-Fi. It's great. <laughs> what What are your thoughts on the new rules? I mean, I think just to kick it off, it's it might sound to some people. I'm sure to some people it sounds like not a big deal. Who cares? It's it, they're still NBA players, which they are. I'm sure to some people it sounds very draconian. Um, there's always that contingent of folks who is very very concerned with NBA players' rights, and I feel you. I really do. Um, I come in as usual somewhere on the middle, but I do think it's going to be a long season for these players with these new rules, although they may have been necessary. Yeah, we've heard constantly about NBA players feeling like they're sort of trying to lay low during these times because you can't really do anything with these new rules. You could barely do anything with the old rules, and now with these rules, you can't really do anything. Like these are these are people; these are human beings. Like, sure, some people may not be like. Uh, extremely social or anything but some people might like they might suffer like in terms of their mental health in terms of these situations like we we know some players yeah yeah we heard them exactly we we had paul george speak about it at length in the bubble the most recently and it's it's just these these players have varying personalities so you're going to see varying responses like that's just how it works in terms of human nature yeah, definitely. And I think I, I certainly feel for the players. I, I do. It is important yeah. to note, and this is something that, you know, you see lost a little bit. I mean, nobody is forcing these players to have the season. I think that is like there is that that I think atmosphere of like these these players are getting forced into this. They're, they're all agreeing. I mean, this is all bargained. All everything, every part of this season and pretty much every season is yeah, bargained. There's but, no universal rule that the NBA is applying. It's all it's all collectively bargained with the players association. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, I think the league probably would have been fine. Like, the, the league, into, like, the league office. Adam Silver, the figurehead of the organization. Like, probably would have been fine doing another bubble. Like, it certainly, they wouldn't have had the problems that they're having right now, I think, if they had done that. But the players pretty much unanimously were like, absolutely not. With with the possible exception of the Miami Heat, who seemed to love the bubble. And I saw today, like, there was some quotes they have, like, eight guys available and they're embracing it because of course they're the Miami heat. They love the new rules, whatever it's that they, they've Miami grind culture is one thing. 29 orgs were like, no way to another. They bubble. won't so. stand for this or some players will. <laughs> is that a minus Leonard joke? <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you will. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, but from uh do you have any other general COVID stuff? I mean, it seems like, uh, these rules are stringent. Again, like I mentioned, I think they're just necessary. And yeah, they're necessary I, rules, and you're not going to yeah. find a single like rule set that's going to please everyone. Mm-hmm. So you just have to go with, I think, what's going to be the best in terms of health and safety, which I guess these are these are definitely like getting toward. They're better rules for health and safety. I'll say that. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, think they're I the best. Just, but just the one I'm not thing a doctor. I would, <laughs> the one thing I would add is I hope that the league is proactive in offering mental health yes. uh, counseling or, or, or help or guidance or at least at least checking in and not just like, you know, a text from an assistant coach like you good, like a little bit more of a nuanced professional approach than that. Although, I mean, that's great too. It's like you, everyone should check in on people in these yeah, times. Check in but, on your friends. Check in on yes, people you care about. You should. Um, but – but I hope there's real mental health, you know, experts involved. I don't know the right terminology to use, but experts involved in this, just because I remember, and this is vastly different. Though I'm not drawing a direct comparison, but I read about, you know, real issues of like depression and sometimes worse on cruise ships because some of these cruise ships, the people were basically just like confined in their rooms for months at a time while the international laws were sorted out. And again, NBA players are not confined to six by six rooms, 18 hours a day. Like some of these poor folks were, but still it is, it is very trying. It is. I'm sure people can relate who were either able or forced to, or whatever stayed at home for a long time during the lockdown, especially earlier last year, which sounds wild that we're this far into this now, but we are. Um, so yeah, I, I just hope, I hope there's some professional help being very clearly offered and I, I would think there would be I, i'm not saying I, I i'm not saying that there isn't i just would really hope that's a, a focal point with these new measures especially with these players who are like so used to the opposite of this kind of life yeah exactly it's you have to take that into consideration most of these players they're not used to this sort of life you know it's like whether that's i take that as you will but it's not what they're used to at a given, it's not, this isn't what it's used to for everyone, but I don't know. It's just, it's different. It, it's hard on everyone and NBA players are no different. Exactly. Uh, I think that's the the main point. And um, I, I hope the season can go on. If they need to pause it, I think they should pause it. I mean, that's a, a bigger decision than me, but I, I would certainly have no problem with it. Would you, would you care if they were like, sorry, we need to take two weeks off? I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I feel like if you took two weeks off, you're going to keep getting tests, uh, positive tests, more contact tracing, and then it's never going to start up again. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I think the NBA, I know right now, Woj on the low post, a big emphasis, at least the league is pushing, is they think this, you know, this January is going to be the hardest part and it'll get better from here. I certainly hope that's true. 
Um, I feel like we've been saying a lot that we're about to get to the hardest part. We just need to get through that and keep going. And then there's another hard part around the corner. I guess that's life. But um, I guess that would be the one argument. And just because there's, it just feels like there's so many active cases in the league right now. But I certainly, I see your point and I think, Maybe it is better to just play through it. I, I don't know. Um, speaking of what Woj said, I know you haven't listened to the new low posts with Woj and Low yet, but there's a moment when Woj is talking about the new rule restricting guests, close personal friends, to visit the NBA players' hotel rooms while they're on the road. And if you ever wanted to hear something that's just truly hilarious... You need to tune in at the beginning of this podcast to listen to Woj try to delicately dance around the concept of a booty call without saying <laughs> Because it's just like performance art. Like, people have their dithers with Woj. I do too. It's just wonderful to listen to him. Like, acknowledge it and then kind of like make – it tries to make it clear that he's acknowledging it. Acknowledges it a little bit more and then sidesteps and, and the pot keeps going. It's like him trying to announce draft picks while working at ESPN, but <laughs> right. in audio form. Uh, this is what I'm gathering. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comment. It's just, this player's lasered in on this close personal friend. <laughs> I think, uh, oh, I can't remember. I think it was a, it was either Chris Vernon or Kevin O'Connor on the mismatch. I heard a little bit of it. And they were like, I can't imagine being the security guard who has to like discern yeah. whether they're a close personal friend or not. It's just like pulling out yearbooks and stuff. Yep. Like, yeah. Wait, let me see the yearbook if you guys went to college. How long together. have you two known each other? <laughs> a lot of awkward conversations happening around the NBA. Um, just a, a, a little bit more COVID stuff. And then I'm, I'm really excited to talk basketball as always. Just from a Bucks perspective, I mean, knock on all the wood around you, pretty fortunate so far. I mean, I don't think there's been any players this season. I, I may, Maybe earlier on the way in, there were some suspicions, but as the games have started, there haven't been any, you know, the coaches aren't allowed to talk about the positive cases. So around the league, they're kind of just like, he's out, he's not here, draw your own conclusions, or they go on uh, some sort of a list. Bucks haven't had that. I mean, people suspected Torrey Craig, but... Then we actually saw his nose was broken. So either like it's a very deep conspiracy or he just happened to break his nose. Yeah. Although we did <laughs> we did get practice canceled on Tuesday. I believe ESPN's Eric Woodyard reported mm-hmm. it was not COVID related. So again, knock on wood. Hopefully the, the Bucks are, yeah. are staying healthy. Hopefully everyone's healthy around the league. But uh, just in terms of a Milwaukee update, it seems like they've been fairly unscathed so far. Yeah, I think it was also Bobby Portis who, in a post-game interview, I think with Zora, shots to Zora, uh, was just, he was saying, like, how do you, uh, he was answering, how do you sort of do this as a team? He said, when you're playing for, like, a championship contender like this, when you're sort of playing for more than just a normal season, you tend to lock in more. Mm. And I don't know, that's just, that's what, I think that's, like, the one bit of actual player comments we've gotten on this from a Bucks perspective. I feel like Bobby Portis is not a representative. I feel like Bobby Portis gets home and just like sits in a chair and stares at a wall and just like <laughs> concentrates super hard. Yeah, no, for sure. I can totally imagine doing that. He uh, <laughs> shouts to Jewel with these. He takes off with a goatee, puts it on the. <laughs> and then just, I don't even, does Bobby Portis even have facial hair? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's some, there's some guys I just, I can't think of in my head. Like, I'm just does unsure. He? I don't think he does. 
I don't think so. Have we so. not Googled a picture yet? I mean, we're trying as we're speaking right now. He does. Oh, he has like a, yeah, he does have a goatee. A, I was right. A goatee, yeah. You yeah, were right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, he hangs that up and then just stares at a wall. <laughs> but, like, menacingly. Oh, yeah, full, full eyes bugging and everything. Love Bobby Portis. Okay, <laughs> I want to talk about the bench, but I want to start off with something else that uh, it seems some people are unaware of this happening. I'm very aware of it. I'm loving every second of it. So the Bucks have been switching a little bit. And that's yes, not, they have, it, It's bigger than that, but they have. Um, but I think there's a reason they've been switching a little bit. And first, I want to give shouts to... Adam Capel, who I think is one of my favorite followers on Bucks Twitter, and oh, he of put it, he put it well before I tweeted it, and um, I think he said basically he compared the situation I want to talk about to a Chris Middleton thing, but it seems like Drew Holiday is bullying Coach Mike Budenholzer into switching, and I've cataloged the evidence over the months since the Bucks have come together, but Adam so poignantly pointed out or put it as this is like a K mids is just going to take mid rangers accept it situation with the switching, which I really loved because that is another well-documented like early in coach buds uh, tenure with the bucks. He didn't want to let Chris Middleton do all the freelancing and like Chris was just too good and, and too undeniable. So we just did it anyway. And it became a thing. This is, I guess, just how we're going to have to live as long as uh, Budenholzer is coach of the Bucks, And it's not ideal, but I will say, like, results are results. Yeah, and we've seen, if we're going to continue that parallel, we've seen, like, Coach Bud sort of embrace the Middleton thing, too. Yes. In I, I think this was during the last uh, game against the, the Magic. Why am I struggling? Yeah, the Magic. Because they uh, look like the Suns. That's why you're struggling. Yeah, just, they really and, did. And I see now why people around the league are lower on the Bucks unis than we are. Because if you don't watch the team a lot, they just don't register. Like, I really, I was like, when the hell did Phoenix get Mo Bamba? Like, when did that happen? <laughs> I feel like he saw his rookie deal. They cut him. Was there a trade? Like, I'm pretty in tune. And no, it was Orlando. And I don't like yeah. the unis. But that's why you couldn't remember what team it was. Yeah. So the Magic. It was the game against the Magic. <laughs> and uh, I think the Bucks were sort of struggling on offense a little bit in terms of their freelance sets. So what does Coach Bud do? He immediately goes to... Uh, what did he call it? He called it just a straight Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez pick and roll. Chris Middleton pops for a mid ranger. That's what he, that's a that's a shot that he, and then he, he called wanted it like three to take more times. Yeah, but just when the offense was struggling, he's like, "Okay, Chris, go do it." Yes, yeah. So it shows that Coach Bud. I feel like I'm giving Coach Bud a lot of credit this season, but I mean, yeah. it's not it's not entirely undeserved. Uh, but yeah, it, it shows a that Bud is conversation to be had. Yes. There's a conversation. It's, I mean, it's like, I, I don't think it's absolving him of everything that's gone wrong. I don't think it's, you know, calling him a coaching genius because his star players are bullying him into playing the way that is optimal for the roster. But it's also, I mean, somebody put this to me, like, but he is doing it, right? It's like, yeah, he is. I mean, there's, yeah, there's it's, some it's, credit. Yeah, somehow they're getting to the end it doesn't it's like a ends justify the means sort of situation exactly. it's like however it needs to happen whatever it's going on it's still happening which is what we want so yeah Precisely. so let, let's yeah let's get to what we actually wanted to talk about go for it so i really think there was something around camp too i wasn't able to find it in time i did my research quickly today 
But I do have some quotes from Drew to the media that I think are um, indicative. So December 6th, this is according to friend of the pod, former host of the pod, Kane Pittman. Quote, as you all know, I love defense, playing on the best players, switching on to them, whatever it is. I'm here for the defense just so we can catapult the offense. And I want to, the second half of that quote, I want to bring to a later conversation we're going to have. But I just, I, I didn't, I didn't hear it. I just saw it typed up here. There's probably a, an archive of the video somewhere, but I just, I, it feels to me very intentional. Just though playing on the best players, switching on to them, whatever it is. Like you all, like everyone knows that sometimes you just go, like you say exactly what you want and then you say, or whatever. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like you're just being sort of passive aggressive. Yeah, like uh, we could go to uh, Rubial or anywhere, you know, which whatever works. Like it's clear though, <laughs> it's clear what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So then the Utah game was where I think this really, and this is when this inspired an Eric Name article, both because of what the Bucks started to do and the Drew quotes. But I think this was the one where the small, small. Uh, screens and pops Utah was doing at the top of the key just sliced and diced the Bucks, and they did end up adjusting and they lost the game later just not rotating or recovering well but early in the game it was just embarrassing like it felt like a vintage old stalwart Bucks that just refuses to adapt so this is here's a first I have a thing from Kane and then one from Eric from his article so this is Kane's tweet with the way teams are shooting Drew Holiday says quote it gets tough end quote, to defend PNR pick and roll when you aren't switching. When it comes down to it, it's a team effort. Whatever scheme we are doing, even if we aren't switching, I have to make that floater tough or that two-point shot tough. Again, this feels to me like like he's implying like what, we should just be switching, but he, he a little bit of cover there. Or it's like, uh, in our scheme, we will give up a lot of floaters. <laughs> <laughs> also that, yeah, that's another, that's, a, that's an even better read. Um, and then in the article, these are back-to-back Drew quotes. I'd like to switch with like size. I feel like we have great defenders. I also think it slows them down instead of them just coming off and kind of taking off that screen or off that slip, taking off off that screen or off that slip. I'd like to switch, but it's just something we have to figure out. Also, I do think it was a test and something that we just have to improve on. Honestly, we can. We're smart enough. We're athletic enough to be able to adjust. So just something that we'll have to work on. I also have another quote. This is from oh. last night. This is from uh, this isn't from Drew. It's about Drew. Uh, okay. So uh, Harris Stavrow from uh, oh yes. Uh, why can't I remember? Uh, works for Twenty Four Media now out in Europe. Uh, he said Giannis on Drew Holiday's defense. Quote: He can guard from one to four, maybe to five some games. He doesn't need help. He tells us, "I'm by myself. Stay out. I don't need help." <laughs> Having a guy like that, it makes it easier for everybody. First off, that's amazing. Uh, a good analog to the old. Do you remember the Kawhi Leonard feature where, in like high school or college, he didn't understand help defense? <laughs> oh, he didn't I remember. Get the concept. The, I remember that. <laughs> they were like, they were like, you have to help, and he's like, why? Can why does everyone just guard their guy? <laughs> I just, I love that, and apparently that's Drew mentality too, which I, I love that as well. I think Drew on defense is just like exactly what this team needed, both because he's willing to come and and say all this stuff about like namely switching like literally saying it like switching would be good i think switching might be nice we should switch <laughs> and also because he's just so undeniably good and this is the chris thing too like i think chris could have talked about taking middies until he was blue in the face but if he wasn't really good at it and it didn't help the team win 
I don't think it would have caught on. That's the other side of it. And Drew is so good at defending across positions. And so is like, again, most of the starting five, fortunately now, um, that it, it just, it's an obvious thing. And when he's hammering it home to the media, I, I would safely assume he's also making these points in practice. If he's like yelling about how guys should play defense around him, I don't, I don't think he's very shy, which is great. Uh, yeah, it's I think awesome. I yeah, I think I talked about this on the pod we did with uh Adam and Jordan. Uh where it was like I hope Drew just came into practice, like the first practice is Milwaukee Buck. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, Why don't we just switch? And everyone just looks around <laughs> and like looks yeah, at well, Bud. You also were like because remember we were talking about all the deflections and steals. Mm. And you were like, he pointed that he like he posited that and the team was like, Wait, we can do that? We can just take the ball. <laughs> we can just take it. <laughs> we can just take it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I hope yeah. that's what's going on. Like, actually, and it might be. <laughs> it might be. I listen, and I, I mean, I say bullying. It. I, I don't think it's really bullying. I don't think be, anyone's though. getting wedged. You, you never know. We don't have evidence to the contrary. We don't have evidence, but we also don't have evidence to the contrary. Um, Guilty but, until proven innocent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, bullying a, an indelicate term, but I do think like this is as with the Middleton thing, it's like kind of demonstrated, like the only way that Bud will be flexible is if you kind of beat him over the head with, with evidence and, and a, a case on what to do. And I think for a while it was so much like the bucks need to do something else. And there were those among us in waves hands, broadly the media who had ideas on what they should do. But I think it's a lot different than like, you know, maybe your best player on defense, certainly one of your best players on defense, literally saying, this is what we should do. I can do this. We can do this. Let's do this. And then you try it and you see the results right away. And I think, again, they still blew that jazz game. I still found it a little encouraging that they were even trying more small, small switches. We've seen Brooke Lopez switch to the perimeter way more than ever before. Personally, I think he's been fine there. Um, I, he hasn't I don't think... gotten burned. He's never really gotten burned. No, he's so he's so methodical and plodding, but he does it in a way that he does he doesn't always he, he does he'll pick up fouls sometimes. He doesn't always he doesn't always jump early. He really does it seems like make the offensive player make the tough decision. He plays which... into his own faults. Like he recognizes yes. his faults and uses them to like sort of play better defense. Yeah, he's self. I, I, we we stand a self-aware king. We do stand a self-aware king. What a good way to put it. Let's have a two-second Brook Lopez conversation. Okay. There's concern he's washed. <laughs> what do you think? Um. <laughs> oh, I think uh, we differ. I don't want to say he's washed yet. I do not want to say he's washed yet. I agree with the point that you've made in the past about how we've seen so recently that he's such an impact player, especially in the Miami series. Yes. He was such an impactful player that he can't really just be washed like two, three months later, right? I think he's definitely not off to the greatest of starts. I think that goes without saying. Um, But his three-point shooting is actually up from last year. He's actually splashing threes. Yes. Uh, It's just, I don't know, it... It's almost like it doesn't feel like he's gotten any better, but it, he feels like he's taken like a little bit of a step back, but he's still good. But in terms of him actually taking a step back, that's why people think he's washed. So he's scoring less for sure. Rebounding is close. He's assisting less. 
stealing at the same rate. He's blocking less shots, which that's something people have pointed out. And and I see it. I don't disagree either. But the one thing I don't blocking like... Blocking shots is not interior defense. Not necessarily, no. But he, I mean, from a guy who was comfortably over two blocks the last two years, he's only had a block and a half, which... Again, it, that's one of the things that people notice, and I get it. Um, I don't like how little he's shooting within the arc. Just one and a half attempts per game within the arc, although the exact same percentage on twos as last year. Um, as you mentioned, 35% right now from three, which is way better than last year. Um, I just, I, I think he's a 16-game player now, is the way I've, I've come to put it. Like, I think there's still gas in the tank. I don't think he's going to use it in December against... Orlando or the Jazz in you know one of the first 10 or 11 games of the year that ultimately is not that meaningful. I just I think maybe this comparison is a little too far to the coasting until playoff 16 game player but it's like the Andre Iguodala thing. Like I have no doubt for the next at least year or two that we're going to get a good effective Brook Lopez when we get to the playoffs. I think when it counts when he is needed, he will be there. Right now, I think he's going to coast a little bit. I'm totally fine with it. I mean, he's. I'd like to see him shoot a little less or maybe a little better shot selection on his threes. But, again, it's it's whatever. Like, Brooke is one of the older players in the rotation with the most miles, especially considering his body, like how big he is. Like, take it easy a little bit. And I'm fine with that. Let Bobby Poor just get out and get some run. I, I have no issue. So, um, I think it's, it's a fair conversation. He, he does look a little bit slower in the paint. I am not I'm not that concerned. I think he's going to rumble into shape a little bit. We'll see what happens in the playoffs, but right now I am good with it. Yeah, speaking of speaking of uh, rumbling into shape. This is a quick side note. Do you want to check your DMs? I just saw this. Yeah. Oh just, my this? goodness, James Harden looks thick. <laughs> see, I don't believe he's got something this just happens sometimes. Like I don't know what's happening here. I don't understand. Is he wearing like four shirts? He just for uh, context, listeners. There's a video of James Harden just like warming up in their game against the Lakers uh, on Tuesday, which is when we're recording, and he just looks chonk. He looks comfortable though. He does. He looks Dan a self-aware king. He, you know he what? looks like a suburban dad with his pants pulled up that high. <laughs> He's but, about to give some buckets off the glass. <laughs> Fourteen foot bank shot post money. Uh, yeah but yeah maybe maybe james harden's doing a similar thing to brooke lopez i do agree with your points there it's it's i i hate using the phrase wait and see because it kind of takes away from actual analysis that can be done and it did burn us in the bubble right it I did mean, that burn was us our in thing. the bubble that was our thing in the bubble and and we wait and saw we waited and saw some crap but this feels like a wait and see it, like we have the evidence he's not really playing a different game which is why we can probably use that sort of methodology because nothing is really changing in terms of his actual play style except defensively like we mentioned he's he's switching out on the perimeter more which could be a reason for his blocks going down because he's not just sitting down in the paint yeah that's a great point so maybe maybe that's part of it there's just there's little schematic adjustments that'll happen as long as he's actually being a productive player in terms of team defense, not maybe not individually as much, but team defense, that's all you can really ask for. As long as the team defense maintains its sort of elite level, which it's not really hit so far this season, mm-hmm. but if it can get back to what we've seen the last two years, it's fine. Did you read the Dunker Spot piece from Eric Name? 
I did not get a chance to read it. No. So this is like just it's uh maybe we'll we'll wait and dive deeper on some of the more well, we have new schematic stuff like every pod to talk about, which is very good. This it is. is again a reminder. This is exactly what we wanted <laughs> before the year. We were all in agreement, and when I say all, I mean like we were saying this stuff publicly and and. Our very kind listeners who weigh in, and we love it when you weigh in. Please continue to do so. Both of us on Twitter and in the Discord, if you're a true fan, we'll drop instructions on how to get in there at the end of the episode. But, you know, please keep doing that. But it was like if they come off to a start where, you know, they're not on a 60-win pace, but they're not, you know, losing like 8 out of 10 games or whatever like Toronto did. <laughs> um, but we would be fine with a shakier start if we're seeing those changes We've seen some changes. It's different. It's fun. And also there's like Drew Holiday being integrated, which changes things. There's the dunker spot usage with more players hanging around the, the rim, which is why we've seen like way more than ever, the Bucks have a possession that seems to stall. And then like somebody flashes to the dunker spot right into the basket and suddenly it's an easy layup. So we're seeing new stuff on both ends. is getting dunks out of being in the dunker spot. Tenassus is the lord of the dunker spot. Um, a controversial figure. Somehow, Tenacious Tetacumpo. I don't have a new take. Yeah, I don't have a new take either. It's fine. We we might have been a little high last time. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we were. I don't know if we were. I don't know. I still Uh, think he's an NBA player. I still think he is an NBA player for sure. He is playing in the NBA. Uh, Oh. What? Well, that seems like a little... Not exactly a compliment. That was more just like a statement of it's fact. A, it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if if we get a good run of Tenacious games, I am I'm I'm in a victory will, lap. I, I will said eat he's, crow on that. I said I'll he's a fine, fine fifth. Uh, hot take. Yeah, no, again. he's a he's a fine fifteenth guy. Fourteenth yeah, guy. Okay. Oh. Well, because the Bucks only have fourteen players. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Until oh, Ursan start... comes back. Oh, Do you see we... the Ursan highlight package of him, like, stay ready? <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't know he had a... How does Ursan have a... Isn't it verified Twitter that has, like, yeah. no followers? <laughs> and he actually tweets. How many followers does he have? Uh, Let me check really quick here. I'm pulling it up. Ursan. It's just he... at It's Ursan. just at Ursan. He has 1,566. <laughs> he looks great. Yeah. He tweeted a video, a bunch of pictures, more than ready, Jan 9th, embracing the process, Jan 11th. His location is still Milwaukee. His bio is still Milwaukee Bucks he's number in, seven. He's in Mequon. He's that cover of Mequon living. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm so worried. I'm so worried you're right about Ursan. He's coming back. <laughs> like, I'm saying this is a meme, but he might actually. <laughs> uh, we At some point, we're going to have to do our, like, our best guesses. You know, we should make this a competition. Maybe I don't know when exactly, but we should do our best guesses of the fifteenth guy. Brandon Jennings five again. Ah, uh, it could be. It could be. I hope not. Um. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's someone who hustles. Speaking of hustle, hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. You just have to hustle like Tenacious. I was going to use Tenacious to segue into this, but we got distracted. Oh, well, it happened. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, just like we're always trying to do with Eurostep. Or if you want to start your own podcast and you just don't know where to start, 
Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you will receive personal cover art. You'll get access to Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discords, Discord. Why do I keep saying Discord? There's discourse in the Discord. And an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. Our last Q&A, our last fireside chat was with Justin Rowan, host of The Chase Down. It was fantastic. Some great insights in there. I love to razz Justin, but this was truly a really insightful conversation. I feel like I took a lot of good learning materials away from that or good examples away from that and on top of all that that i already mentioned we will get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all the other big listening platforms that you're on right now it's going to be legit and the best part is you can get all this for just 15 dollars a month we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance in the program, though, is limited, so get that application in today. Come work with me. Go to bwhustle.com join. You can check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that is bwhustle.com dot com slash join the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. I can't believe we've talked about Ursan in like every single podcast. It's a sign. I might be. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, well, uh, you're, the, you're the king of segues. As soon as you said hustle and like Ursan, like blue wire hustle, I actually pointed at my laptop like, hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, I like that. Um, and Ersan would be a bench guy, and speaking of bench guys, you want to talk about bench scoring? Let's do it. Do you so, want to? Do you want to lead? Do you want to tee this off here? Tee us so, off. Let's play tee ball. Uh, so this actually, uh, this discussion actually spurred from a tweet I saw that you and I both saw from Jake Weinbeck at Weinbeck NBA on Twitter. Good tweeter he, alert. That's two of those. Adam Capel. I should probably pull up Adam's at. Um, and Jake I Weinbeck. I think it's two Ace, good tweeters. 
I can't remember. ACJP twenty twenty four. Is he running for president next time? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, Jake Weidbeck's tweet. He said Bobby Portis, DJ Augustine, and Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes, pardon me, combined for forty two points off the bench during the win over over Orlando. Wow, I can't read. In Milwaukee's four losses this season, those three combined for an average of thirteen point three points. When they contribute 30-plus combined points, the Bucks will be nearly unbeatable. So, one of the things that was sort of a talking point coming into the season was that the Bucks really revamped their bench. Revamped in terms of everything really changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, the entire rotation changed, aside from Pat Connaughton. Yeah, Pat yeah. Connaughton and... Technically DJ yeah, Wilson. Anthonassis. I'm not counting him because he just literally never played, but I yeah, guess DJ didn't play a lot. Either. Yeah, so I guess really Pat Connaughton in terms of actual rotation. So out go George Hill, out goes Wes Matthews, out goes uh, Robin Lopez, Marvin Williams, Urson temporarily. For now. <laughs> <laughs> and then in comes uh, DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, Bobby Portis, Nassus DJ into the rotation. Tory Craig yeah, and the Tory Craig. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the rookies, Tory Craig. We need to we need to actually see him play some basketball. Uh, it's recent Dylan Windler levels where I'm just not sure the guy exists. No, he's, he's posted on social. Uh, it was last year. Oh, interesting. That's real Cavs fans know. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the the thing that happened with the Bucks bench last year, in my opinion, is that they were just sort of. I mean this not in a derogatory way. They were oh all Tony Snell. Oh, wow. I love it. They were all just guys that were trying to be glue guys and hit threes and play some defense and shoot dribble passes, what uh, John Horst was saying. We always want triple threat guys, right? Those were That was the entire bench rotation. Now they were like, okay, out with that. It's, now let's get some actual specialists let's get some creators you get dj augustine who is a great backup point guard you get Bryn forbes who's a sniper you get bobby portis who will do bobby portis things uh <laughs> you get... you're talking about the bucks leading defender rohan <laughs> i am glad did you, you see mentioned my tweet? that i did i can't i wanted to let you talk about that but uh, we don't it's i'm not gonna go deep on that but go ahead uh so you get guys who are actually capable of doing things on their own they're not just meant to be glue guys. And this tweet that uh, I just referenced, it sort, of, it sort of emphasizes that, where if you get a lot of bench scoring, you don't really have to rely on the starters that much, and you actually win games. It's wild that if you have players in the game that will actually score more points, uh, you usually win those games because games are won based on how many points you score. You need to outscore your opponent. I don't know if this is revolutionary to you, Ty. It's but not. if you score more it's points, not. you have a higher percentage chance of winning. It's good to know. Well, especially you figure Christianis at this point is like 50 in the books yeah, just about yeah. every night. Maybe so even you, more. Maybe even more. You get that strong bedrock. You get Drew, whatever he's going to be up to. And then, yeah, if those three bench players are scoring 30 more, you're already up to 100 points before you even worry about like two starters, everybody else on the bench. Um, a lot of a lot of other players who are going to contribute at least something. So they are going to be huge. I think uh, I don't think I'm concerned about their talent. I think I'm just concerned about getting the right fit with those players. I will say one thing that I'm surprised with with the bench again in a good way. I mean, I talked so much on the season preview about the best all bench lineup because I figured we'd have to see it. 
It turns out we don't. Yeah, We're not seeing again, it. Credit like, to Bud. <laughs> credit to Bud, one way or another. And honestly, I really thought this more than any season we would see more of them because, you know, again, all the difficulties going on and with, with COVID and players missing time and the condensed schedule, which if you think about it, like during a pandemic season to have more games and less time is kind of nuts and conducive to spread. But uh, I guess we re- we figured that one out too late. Um, but <laughs> they, they, they knew it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, listen, it's money talks, but, um, but yeah, we haven't seen those all bench lineups nearly as much. I think really early in the season we did. And then we saw one of at least Chris or Drew has been out there at almost all times. But that's why one guy I actually want to talk about ironically with the bench is Drew holiday, because the flip side to how great and transformative he's been on defense he has not been that impactful on offense. He's been good, and he's had really important moments that kept the Bucks afloat. He's won them a game or two, I would even say, just strictly on the offensive end. But there are games where he kind of drifts a little bit when he turns in like 11 points on 3-for-10 shooting. And I don't care much about a bad shooting night, but he hasn't been, I think, aggressive enough. And I expected that when he's playing with the starters, and especially Chris and Giannis, you know, the two big uh, usage guys on the team besides him. But if he's going to be the guy out there with four bench players, like this so, way too many times in the Orlando game in particular, like Drew is off in the corner and it's like just DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis. I mean, I guess if you just are trying to have him out there as more of a decoy and conserve him, that's fine. But those possessions in particular is where I want aggressive Drew, like take over a game, run five possessions in a row, like get your own shot, find an open teammate, whatever. I think that would help the bench, and I think that would help the rest of these guys score because as good as Bobby Portis and DJ Augustine are on offense, they're much better if they're playing off of a guy like Drew Holiday and getting more open looks, and that's certainly true for Bryn Forbes, who, I mean, God bless Bryn Forbes' confidence in some of the shots he takes, but when they're wide open, he's even more effective. So I think getting Drew Holiday more engaged as a higher usage guy in those groups would be great for the whole bench. Yeah, completely agree with that. It's it's sort of like, I don't want to make, we can't, okay, I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. You can't really go about talking about Drew Holiday. I hate this without talking about Eric Bledsoe. I do not like doing this. I need to stop doing this. But, but it is. It's what we wanted to do with Eric Bledsoe, yes. right? Just if you get him in sort of all bench lineups, then you can go off. He didn't really have the ability to go off when he was on the starters because of his the issues. Uh, so it's sort of that thing with Drew, even though Drew has the capability to, you know, get his own offensively with the starters as well. Uh, but you're just you're looking for that sort of aggressiveness against second units, against second unit guards. You, he can he can take good point guards off. But just imagine what he can do to bench guards. Just it's sort of that aggressive mindset, which is weird because it feels like Drew Holiday isn't really one to be timid. I think it's Definitely just more of a, the other end. Yeah, I think it's just more of a comfort level. Maybe it's still really early in his Bucks tenure. I think it's just maybe like need to get used to the team a little bit. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that for sure. Do you want to hear a wild pair of stats that I uncovered while just perusing the Bucks basketball reference page? Of course, I love stats. I was going to pull up how DJ Augustine had shot the ball from three so far. And so I organized the team by three-point percentage. 
and I scanned and I scanned and I didn't see him and I didn't see him and I was like, oh no, he's been terrible. So DJ Augustine is ninth on the team. He is seventh if you don't want to count the rookies. He's sixth if you only want to count guys who have taken at least 10 shots. So Wara has taken 14. Merrill has taken six and made four of them. So he's technically the Bucks' leader in threes. He has yet to make a two, so he is last place in twos, but he is the leader in threes. But DJ Augustine, either so ninth, seventh, or sixth, or eighth, whatever, depending on how you count it. So below a lot of ro- the rotation, but still hitting 37% of his threes. That's how good the Bucks have shot the ball this year. They have, I think, seven guys shooting 40% on, or more on at least 10 attempts. So Pat Condon, 52% so far. Wara at 50%, Chris at 49%, Dante at 46%, TJ Wilson at 44%, Bobby Portis at 43%, Bryn Forbes at 40%, DJ Augustine at 37%, Drew Holiday at 36%, which is fine, and then Brooke Lopez at 35%, Giannis holding it down at 28%. He was 2 for 4 against Orlando, but uh, not having the best thing. But it's just wild how how well the Bucks have shot so far, and it feels sustainable because of some of the different ways they're playing on offense and setting up better shots. But it is just funny that DJ Augustine can be behind like three-fourths or more of the rotation and still be shooting a pretty respectable 37%. Yeah, this Bucks team is out of its mind in terms of three-point shooting. I think that Miami game is just, it's skewing a lot of this because everyone made everything in that yes. game. NBA record, baby. Yeah. No one saw Yep. Thanks, TNT. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that until right now. <laughs> now Never I'm upset forget. again. Uh, Never forget. So, yeah, it's it's a little skewed. It's still early, small sample size, yada, 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 right? But <laughs> it's not unnoteworthy, non-noteworthy? It's noteworthy, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> <It's> the double <laughs> negative. Um, it's noteworthy that this team actually has shooters instead of guys that will shoot yes yes i love the way you put that so previously this team has sort of had like they've had gunners right they've had you know kyle uh, kyle corb is a bad example (laughs) they've had they've had guys who will shoot you'll bring guys in you'll tell them hey you're gonna shoot threes robin lopez you're shooting threes john henson i miss you buddy You're, you're shooting threes uh they're just getting everyone to shoot threes Shooting threes, sure, great, high volume. You'll make more threes in terms of percentage. That's how volume works. That's not really good in terms of an actual NBA offense because teams aren't going to respect a lot of those players, right? So just because you have guys shoot doesn't mean that it's actually going to help in terms of offense. Now, they have guys who are shooters. Like DJ Augustine, you have to respect that. Bryn Forbes, you have to respect that. Uh, Bobby Portis, I guess you have to respect now. I think it's definitely. Yeah. So you have to actually respect these players out there, which just, it's basic spacing. You open up the court for everything else. And plus, three points is more than two points. Again, wild basketball revelation. So you're just getting uh, this team in terms of makeup, you're getting guys who are actual shooters instead of guys that will shoot. And I think the important part, in addition to what defenses honor or don't, I think there's a, a, I don't want to say fake, but there's a certain kind, like a player who will shoot, the way you put it. I think those guys are a lot less likely to make the shots in big situations, in clutch moments, in playoff games, than someone like Bryn Forbes, who's just like a, like a shooter. Like, yeah, he wants Bryn to Forbes shoot. versus going to Robin shoot. Lopez. Yes, or even 
even Wes, as much as I liked Wes, was not that high volume of a shooter. He just didn't pull that many of them. Yeah, so you just get these sort of guys who you're comfortable taking big shots because they're capable of making shots. Do you know how many players on the team last year finished the year 37% or better from three? Uh, I uh, think regular season. Chris Middleton. Yes, uh, 41%. 41%. And uh, George Hill. Yep. And is that it? Kyle Korver. Oh, yeah, Kyle Korver. Is it just those and three? A Dragon Bender in seven games. Ah, that doesn't count. So, yeah, it doesn't. But, again, I think it's instructive. Like, the four guys who did it, or really three guys. Sorry, Dragon. Please come back. Miss you, Dragon. Miss you, Dragon. Um, but Chris, a legit shooter, right? Like, totally proven, big shot maker, no question. Kyle Korver and George Hill, like, Korver I think is, but it's kind of like the Duncan Robinson thing. Except like that's all he does, and teams are gonna try and pick on him, and everybody knows he's doing that, and he's just one guy. And he's, he's still a probably, shooter, though. He's still a he's still a shooter, but he's not he's gonna. He's one play of in the greatest time. shooters. That's true. He's not, that's true. Like he's yep. not a like you, he's, you never want to see him in your closing five. Yeah. So he's a shooter, but he's such a specialist. And then George Hill, three attempts per game, forty six percent, and in the playoffs didn't shoot well, and a lot of things going on in the playoffs, and. He's shooting 39% this year to his credit on, on a little bit higher volume, nearly four attempts per game. But, like, it's great that he was such a good shooter, but, I mean, he literally made 1.4 threes per game for the Bucks in the regular season, which, I mean, it's not hard to do the math. It's like four and a half points, which, again, is nice, but he wasn't a high-volume shooter. The difference now is, like, everybody's just pulling away like they are. The Bucks are putting them in better positions, and... As a result, they literally broke the NBA record for made threes in like their first two weeks or whatever. Yeah, one week. Uh, I think it was a week and yeah, I think it was like a week between a week and two weeks, which is nuts. Mm. And I think they also did they come second in terms of like threes and a half, I believe, for their franchise yeah, I'm record. Sure, they had like to. the next game after the second Miami game. Yeah, I think that does sound familiar. They went after, and then they gave up one of the Jazz, their their franchise record. But uh, you give and you take. But I I just think, I think their shooters now are better, and I think the shots are better too. And I think those things are coming together. Yeah. Is and you're also maintaining defense, relatively. Yeah, and that's yeah. important because I think uh, shouts to Nikias Duncan, who had oh. a stat from the uh, Nets broadcast. Who's that they said that the Nets are this season are 0 and 5 when they score a, under 120 points, which the is Nets just are? yeah, oh my goodness. So basically, the Nets are a team where you need to outscore <laughs> your opponent because you're not going to be good enough defensively. The Bucks are showing that they can be good enough defensively, but they can also beat you in a track meet. Yes, the Bucks have won a game where they scored a hundred. Uh, they scored pretty high in most of their other wins, including a 144, but it is at this point, I think, just so early that we'll need to see more. But I, I think the defense will come around. It hasn't been great so far, um, but they're still, according to, this might be wrong, I know B-Ball Ref does weird stats. They're seventh in B-Ball Ref defensive rating, which, I, again, I don't think that's true. But I think they're a little um, lower than that right now. Yeah, I thought they were just above the middle of the league, which I think there's some, I think there's some figuring out, like we mentioned on the top. One more thing on the shooting. 
Bucks are first in makes, fifth in attempts, and second in percentage of three-point percent right now. And maybe those numbers all don't hold up like that, but I just I love that they're taking the shots, and outside of most of the ones Giannis takes and some that Brooke take, most of them just feel like better shots this time around. Yeah, their offense. I did not expect the offense to be this good. Not right away. No. Certainly not right away. Not right away at all. And like we mentioned, there's still things that they can figure out. I'm just looking at the box scores. My goodness, they score a lot of points. Yeah, they've, they're first in the league in point scoring. They have just they're, they've they're just put far it on and away the best offense of the league. It's not even close. <laughs> and they're doing it half court transition. I think they're the number one half court offense and number one transition offense. Wow, I believe. I, I believe it. Uh, so pick your poison. Realistically, if you're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, just I don't know. You just have to catch them on an off night to beat them. It looks like yeah. so far. Um, which do you want to go into detail on any of these bench guys? I mean, I know we kind of talked about the importance of them and then kind of bounced around to some bigger team concepts and drew holiday. Um, are there any of these guys in particular you want to not, maybe not deep dive on, but go into a little bit out of Portis, Augustine and Forbes. I think the big story here has got to be Bobby Portis, right? Yeah, I would agree. I'm in terms biased, of the season, I would agree. Yeah. In terms of the season, I did not expect Bobby Portis to be this good. No. I really didn't. Oh, I kind of did. To be this good? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know if I saw it out of the realm of possibility. He's putting. He's averaging a double double off the bench, Ty. Bobby buckets get stats. I want to. Here's the advanced stat you need. I believe he is currently tied for third on the Bucks stock market. Ooh. Chris Middleton. Oh, no, tied for fourth. Sorry, Chris Middleton, Dante, Drew Holiday. So Chris is plus ten, just blowing out everybody. Then Dante is plus six, Drew plus five, and then Bobby is plus four along with Jordan Wara. Shouts to Jordan Wara. But um, so he's impressed us in our in our evaluation of the team. Shouts to you doing it solo for the first time over the weekend when I was unable to watch a game. We might have to collaborate a little bit more on the market going forward because it is it's fun to do right yeah it is it's fun to like pay attention to see oh who's the, i didn't want to i didn't think dante stock changed as soon like i had this in my drafts right and oh, i was yeah, thinking you have to and i was thinking like oh dante's not showing he's not showing that much is he trending down a little bit but then he sort of picked it up and it's like oh, okay maybe his stock's sort of remaining the same it's a fun exercise it is also uh i think you were looking at bobby portis as per 36 for double double, yeah. Oh, was I? He's averaging, according to B-ball ref, in eleven games. Oh, wait. Unless it's changed because he started one. If you're just looking at his bench numbers, but his season numbers are eleven point eight points and eight rebounds per game. My stats are loading, so I can't confirm. Gotcha. Um, but good production for sure. I, I heard double double, and I was like, really? I didn't think he got there. Um, but close to a double double. One point four assists to one point four turnovers, so just an even ratio. But I do think his passing has stood out. I think he's done a lot of hockey assisting, and he's just scoring every shot he takes. He's getting right offensive now. rebounds. It's just, it's just great. This team in general is getting a lot of offensive rebounds, which I don't think yes. we've touched on. We can save that, but. It's been, it's been wild watching this team play. There's so much. Di- They're way different. There's so much different, and I love it. I honestly oh, love yeah. it. This team's winning, winning the title. It feels like they are better suited for the players they have now than they really ever have been, and, and there's going to be some off nights. There's going to be some growing pains. But when it's clicking, it just feels to me a lot more sustainable than the Bucks teams of the past, even when they would win a lot. Just the way they're playing now, I just think they're a little more aggressive. They're a little more confident. 
I think some of these new personalities are aiding in that sort of like, I, I, I think I put it as business-like recently. Like, I just feel like they're taking care of business. Even like Thanasis. Like, even though he was on the team, he still, when he plays, he brings a certain energy. Yes. And shouts to Thanasis, who also has an even assist turnover ratio, but at least he is not taking bad shots. Leading yeah. the Bucks right now, 63% from the field. How many, uh, how many fouls does he have? <laughs> 1.9 personal fouls per game. So he's still getting more rebounds. That's less than I thought it was. It is. It is. It feels like he gets Uh, like three every possession. I I think he's on the Legion of Boom strategy of if I just do it every time, you can't call it. You know what? Like that's fine. Like that's good. This team sort of needs that. I I they need that edge. Let's bounce back to Bobby for a minute. Okay. Bobby Portis's shooting splits. 56 from the field on 60.3% from two. 43.5% 43.5% from three, 80% from the free throw line. I find the two-point percentage fascinating because it's not all shots at the rim and dunks. Like, he takes a good amount of twos and clearly is not missing a ton. I can try to pull up his percentage here on the actual mid-rangers, but the fact that he is, in his own way, a three-level scorer is sneakily awesome for the Bucks, and I think it's really let him thrive with almost every lineup because, like, he's always there to have the ball dished to and you know he can do something like the yeah, Bucks he'll be have able not to do something this. with it like they have not had that in recent years of a bench guy that you can just go like either he's open from three he's in the mid-range with some space he's by the rim or he doesn't even have he's to got be a that mismatch open. oh definitely with a mismatch but i i find it invigorating his presence out there it seems like the team does too based on how well he's fitting in yeah he's it's who's the last like we talked about this before the season, I believe, when the signing was announced. I think we both really thought of the idea of him being like a super Marv. Yeah, and a big super Marv. And he's better than <laughs> he's better than that. He's played a lot better. So here's Bobby's shooting splits by area. So from zero to three feet, eighty point six percent. Which, if that sounds phenomenal, it is. Only Giannis and, funny enough, Tanasis have been better. Uh, Tanas is currently leading the the team in zero to three foot field goal percentage range, but I'm sure he probably doesn't have the attempts that the other two guys do. Uh, weirdly, not yet. from th- not yet. <laughs> from three to ten feet, weirdly he's been bad, thirty one point three percent, which is not ideal for sure. Um, but then you get out to the real mid mid range shots, ten to sixteen feet, and sixteen to three point line. He's shooting the exact same percentage, fifty three point eight, which is scorching. Like. Hitting mid-rangers at more than 50% is really good. Bryn Forbes is also shooting that from those areas. Chris Middleton actually is just at 37% from 10 to 16 feet, although he's at 60% on the longer twos. And I would expect Chris's numbers to stabilize a lot. He's blazing hot from literally every other distance range. But Bobby Portis is knocking down mid-rangers. He's knocking down twos. He's knocking down threes. He's making everything at the rim. He's just such a nice complimentary piece to, like, everybody. You know what's wild? Just in general, overall, Bobby Portis is shooting 65.2% in the fourth quarter of games. Ooh, clutch Bobby buckets. That's only second to his second quarters where he's shooting 72.2%. <laughs> it's You know, there's, it seems like the quarters where he gets the most, well, maybe not the fourth, but, like, the second quarter is probably the quarter where he plays close to the most. So I wonder yeah. if it's a rhythm thing with him. It must be because he's he's sort of like a guy where he's 
if he gets into his own thing, it's going to stay in his own thing. And if he's making them, which he has been, that's a good thing because <laughs> you can just go to him in terms of your actual offense. You can run your offense around Bobby Portis. I can't believe I just said that about the Milwaukee Bucks as a title <laughs> contender. I did not think those words were ever going to leave my mouth. But here we are. We've actually reached that point. I just, I'm so impressed. And I was high on him coming in. Everyone knows I've been so impressed. Um, and I, his attitude continues to be awesome. I can't you know, wait he, till we go on winning six, and then you can talk to ooh, Adam about it. Ooh, he's he's gonna find a way to just deflect it and and not let me have joy. He's that's Adam special. We'll be, we'll be uh, it'll be like game four of the NBA finals. It's like, oh, we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait. Just make sure. Let's make yeah, sure. there's still a couple like games left. <laughs> Could blow it. Um, but his attitude, like his embracing being a bench guy, I think is terrific. It's again like. Not that people like had problems in years past, but I don't remember like for a few years now, like the absolute like joy and pride of being the bench mob. I love that. Except for Pat. Oh, true. I, Pat, Pat loves everything, man. Pat is just like living a good life, making his real estate money, <laughs> friends with Giannis, big pen supplier. Good old Pat. But uh, <laughs> the last Bobby Portis thing I'll say. Okay. I love how much trash he talks. Oh I my love goodness! That he flexes in Blake Griffin's face. Oh, and then Bud's just like yelling at him. <laughs> Get back on defense! <laughs> I love that he he mean mugs the other benches. I mean, I think like we all love when Giannis. What are you going to do? Mean. Fight Bobby Portis? <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. We have chance. receipts. It's not a good idea. Yeah, you'll get your face broken. My goodness. <laughs> Ah, uh, I just, I, I, again, like we talked, I mean, remember when Marv got in that little scuffle with James Ennis and like kind of grabbed his collar and I was like, <laughs> I was like, thank goodness. Like finally there's some fight. Bobby's bringing that like every play. And again, I just think it's just great. Like this team, I don't want to use the S word, but you could say that they played a little soft sometimes. That was, seems to yeah, be gone. I was in that like two seconds. I was like, what on earth is he going to say for the S word? That's why <laughs> I had to say it right after because I didn't want people to like draw their own conclusions and think it was something truly terrible. Yeah, I was concerned. For, I was like, sleeper? Like uh, a battle? <laughs> <laughs> like, every, every word that starts with S just went through my head except for soft. But continue. Yeah. No, that, that was it. That was it. I, I can't. If I talk any more about Bobby Portis, I think I'll get in trouble. Uh, I, I don't think people want to hear that much on Bobby Portis. Maybe they do. I don't know. People people get excited about him. I just think his energy is infectious. He's a divisive character. Everyone on the team feels like a divisive character at this point. Not Which to is me, a good but... thing. Honestly. One, it's more stuff for us to talk about. Uh, yes. Obviously, number one. Every but, week. Yeah. But two, it's just you have more personality on the team. Like, when do these boring teams just win the title? It's great. That's it's, scientific. Yeah, it's not even like the Spurs. The Spurs were like, they seem boring, but they were not boring in terms of personality, right? When's, yeah, when's like the last time a boring team won the title? That's a great question. I, the Raptors are probably the closest. Yeah, but even them, they had like... No, but they had Surge. They yeah. had Surge and OG. No, I'm way off. Yeah. I'm way off. Yeah, you're right. You need characters. Yeah, there's like the Bucks of the last two years. They started to get a little bit out of it last year. They've just been so boring. Mm. Oh, yeah, this I don't team disagree. has character. It was really like the more I look back at it, the more I think I cringe at the wrestling stuff. Oh I think my it's like, god! It's all they had. Yep, and they did it every game. The same thing. Yeah, Giannis had one finisher move. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, which is like such a, a, a horrifyingly accurate comp to what actually ended up happening on the court, which is sad. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that's gone. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things different, but like Robin nobody Lopez. Nobody wants to get beat up. Robin yeah, Lopez a... was the only reason that could happen. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. You go up to Bobby Portis and try to do that. <laughs> you're probably getting thrown down. It's not a game. <laughs> the backup centers are not here to get thrown around anymore. He's going to start like, imagining not... his teammates punched his mom. Oh, yeah, we point. don't want that. Yeah. We, we got to focus it. Yeah, Nico's not on the team anymore. He can't do that. <laughs> I'm so much happier with Bobby than I ever was with Nico. Oh, Bobby, like a... Bobby's fun. Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta think about this as a thought exercise. Listeners, tweet us if you can think of a boring team that's won the title. Yeah, and I will say one, one last thing on the boring part. I want even more out of his shell, Chris. I think we're getting there. I think we've started to see like a little bit more politically active, Chris. He's been posting and doing some some awareness stuff for current events, which I think is good. Mm. Um, I think he was at the protest with the rest of the team, if I remember right. I believe so. If he wasn't, he might have been just in, in the Carolinas, as he does. But I, I think I, I, he might have been. I don't remember. But um, I, 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 kinda, I think we're getting a little bit more personality. I don't think he's ever going to be like, uh, you know, Russ Westbrook on 50 commercials kind of guy. But I'd love to see even more crisp. Anything, Baker any Mayfield. More... Please, no. Um <laughs> But any more Chris in any circumstance, I'm like, yes, please give me that. Yeah. No, for sure. I just, this team is, it has personality. I just think it's kind of intense and I really like it. Maybe the Mavs 2011? Well, I think like Dirk is kind of fun. Yeah, I guess. Sort of. But he seems like more like a Giannis type. Yeah, well, I think he's funnier. Yeah, that's know. fair. He seems I a think... lot more out like out and open he's he is his twitter's funny you know who's kind of boring right now who the mavs the current mavs oh yeah because they they're not great and they also have like no players and i think luca is like he's not boring to watch and you just can't make a bucket <laughs> well right now but i just mean like i don't know like he's i'm i don't know it's just he hasn't captivated me that much like he came in like this flashy like he had a terrible European nickname I don't remember right now, like Party Boy or Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy, which is like awful. It sounds like a a fake character in a Will Ferrell movie or something. But the Matador is on his uh, basketball reference page. Also terrible. Cool and he's not hands. even Spanish. He just played the there. Don. Oh, like Luca Legend. Again, his play certainly not boring, but the Mavs team is not a team that I'm like. You know what did Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't even know if he's on social. Yeah. They've got Boban, though. Oh, great. Oh, you know what? Yep, that does it right there. That does it right there. Okay, I'll take it back. Sorry, Dallas. Yeah, Boban, okay, we've got... Boban's perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, let's get Boban to Milwaukee for one year at some point. Oh, but... my goodness. Can you imagine the Bucks running a lineup of, like, Chris, Giannis, Bobby Portis, Boban, and Brooke? I'm so glad you put Bobby Portis in there because I was like, I need Bobby Boban minutes. Oh, of course. Do you know how much, like, no one would ever score, and then they would just, like, I feel like... They would try to do something stupid where they just like Boban would throw Bobby Portis like at the basket or something. Like <laughs> cannonball. Yeah. The Air Bud corollary. If it's is not that specifically illegal? banned. Is that if illegal? It's not, if it's not specifically banned in the rules, it's allowed according to the Air Bud corollary. Is th- it doesn't <sighs> say dogs can't play, so <laughs> that's fair. But is it do you think it's 
Do you think it's legal? Like, let's say, like, Giannis, like, picks up Bryn Forbes, like, chucks him at the basket. Or, like, DJ Augustine. Do you think that's allowed? I'm going to say no. Why? It's not a travel. He's not traveling. <laughs> what? Is it not a travel, though? How would he's not his feet aren't on the ground, so he's not technically active. I guess it depends. I don't know if there's it's a like rule catching about getting an alley oop. But he's not being <laughs> held the whole time if he's catching an alley oop. I, I don't think we're gonna see it because I don't think any NBA player wants to be emasculated to the point of <laughs> being picked up and carried like a wee baby. No, not carried. Just throw him. That sounds even. That sounds dangerous. I think it would be fine though. Like Giannis could definitely do it. Giannis is freaking yoked. Like. He is. I think he could throw DJ Augustine at the we basket. Might, if, if, if the Pelicans Imagine that shot wins the finals. I think Steven Adams is going to start throwing Bledsoe. I think that's an even better Oh my goodness, that size. would be amazing. They couldn't stop yeah. that. Bledsoe can <laughs> control himself midair because he's so athletic. It's, oh, he's so strong, yeah. too. You what are you going to do? It's like, a, it's like a bowling ball coming at you at full speed. And Steven Adams probably the strongest guy in the league. Oh, of course. He's just gonna hurl him in the basket. What are you what are you supposed to do to stop that? I might have just Flop. uncovered something here, Ty. <laughs> this is gonna be a Reddit post in two days. <laughs> like Isaiah Thomas. The homunculus Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have to get me started on that? It's so funny it makes me cry. <laughs> I mentioned that on a pod during the offseason. I still laugh at that every time I see it in my Twitter memes folder. Do you remember the um the, do you remember the Steph Curry one right? Oh where they hold <laughs> why, why can't the four players just encircle their arms and gather around Steph to let him shoot? It's a good question. <laughs> I'm actually crying. <laughs> let's bend the rules. Let's let's be provocative. Is are they against the rules though? Daryl Morey's gonna send a memo to the NBA tonight. I don't know how he's hearing this before it goes up, but tonight, disallowing Giannis to throw players. I'm sure I... You know what? They'd probably think of a way. They'd let other teams do it, just not Milwaukee. Well, yeah. That's how, like, that's how it goes. That's, that went without warnings. Yeah. Oh, utter crap. Utter crap. Oh, I think All it's right, time. You, you, yeah, you ready to choose your fighter? I am ready to choose my fighter. Is it Giannis? Can it be Giannis fighting? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, it's I would pick Bobby, but no. Um it is this is a little topical for me because I've been doing I don't want to say shopping, I'll say browsing consideration lately of a, a little bit of a splurgy purchase. I don't think I'm really gonna do it, but okay. I considered it what? I said okay. Okay, oh, I'm in, okay. I'm intrigued. I, I thought you guessed. I thought you guessed. Okay. Um so I want you to choose your fighter between and this might be a quick one because I feel like people are dug in the mud on this, but Xbox Series S slash X, whichever, the PS5, and the rumored Switch Pro. So this doesn't actually, it isn't available for purchase yet, but apparently they're making a beefier Switch. Are they really? Like 4K. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like rumored slash leaked, but the sources seem good. Okay. See, the thing is, I am an Xbox guy. Not, nothing wrong. I'm I'm like half and half right now, but I want to hear your I want to hear your full answer here. The only reason I would go Xbox is because I've had an Xbox. Right. That's legitimately the only reason. I might like if I was just starting fresh, I might go PlayStation. But since I'm already in the Xbox ecosystem, I think I'd sw- I'd stay on Xbox. I, like I I was thinking about buying a next gen maybe, but 
I don't know. If I was to get one, it would. I'd probably stick with an Xbox. Could that way, like all my games are backwards compatible and stuff. That's true. You know, but if I was starting fresh, I might go PlayStation. I'm really indifferent right now to the first two. Um, it, I, it was, I was at a point for a couple days. Like, you know how you get, like, more and less impulsive on stuff over time? Oh, I, I just get a, straight more impulsive. Oh, see, I <laughs> waxes and wanes for me, and it's horrible. So there was a day or so where, like, I would have pulled the trigger if one was available. And not, like, the stock X. It has to be retail. I'm not I'm not paying $300 more because I bought, bought it first. But um, the first thing, yeah, it's impossible to buy any of this stuff right now. I mean, the Switch doesn't exist yet, but... The Xbox and PS5, like, they're just nowhere. Like, you just can't. It's almost impossible to buy them. But I was at a point where I literally would have gone either way. I've more recently played Xbox, but over the last next... They're all just called next gen now. But over the last next gen, I first had the PS4 really, like, years and years ago. And then later, I had the Xbox and played that, too. I like both. I think I preferred the PS4 a little bit, but just because I had the Xbox more recently, I still have gold. I would have gotten the the new big Xbox, but honestly, I really like the Switch. I really like the Switch that I play, and I just have like a an old like refurbished OG Switch, so the battery's not very good and everything else. So if this Switch Pro is like the Joy Cons are better and the performance and graphics are better, both on the TV and on the handheld. I might have to go Switch Pro because I've I've been feeling the games. 2K kind of stinks on it, but it's it's enough. And I just I love the fact that I can play it on my couch and have like a movie or something on the TV. It's just it's such good multitasking, and I'm such an indecisive person. It's been clutch. But so I guess I don't really have an answer. I guess Switch Pro if I had to pick just one, even though I have a Switch. But the first two I could literally go either way. Yeah, no, that's fair. I feel like it's what you're more used to. Like, you're more used to being on a Switch now. Like, it's nice. Yeah. I feel like I'd, I'd want a Switch if I was, like, something I was thinking about doing. But I don't know. It seems like... <sighs> I don't know. It's It seems like more what you, you're, you're used to. Like, I can't... If I was getting a new phone, I can't, like, not get an iPhone. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's I'm there with you on that. Like, um, I'm, too, I'm too far in. I will say... It pains me to admit this. I don't think I'm a serious gamer anymore. Really? I used to be a serious gamer. And now, like, I still play a good amount of um, the newest Pokemon game, Pokemon Sword. I play ranked battles. There's a Player's Cup happening soon. I'm going to compete in. I'm not going to do well, but I'm going to try. So I've played a lot of hours on that. Some Mario Kart, some 2K, and then, like, various RPGs. The new Hades game, if you've heard Mm, of this, mm. phenomenal. Is it? I was thinking about getting that. Ooh, it's really good. I got it on sale. I think it was like 15 or 20 or 20. It was like five off, and it was totally worth it. Great, okay. great game. It's like repetitive fun. It's just really good. But I am just, I'm addicted to the 2K grind, my team. Yeah, it's my bad. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> it's good. No, I got, uh, I'm working towards that uh, Kawhi Leonard, that season uh, rewards Kawhi. I got the I was Dwayne tempted Wade. when I saw it. I was tempted when I saw the Kawhi. I got the I got the Dwayne Wade last season, so I already know what I need to do. So let's see if I can get that 98 overall Kawhi. Also, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the pod. Uh, I I actually made a custom Eurostep court. Oh, I yeah. can't I can't upload it, but I should tweet oh. out an image of it. Why can't you upload it? You can't upload courts. You can do jerseys and stuff. Oh, gotcha. That's a bummer. Oh well. Or maybe there is, and I just haven't figured it out. If there is, let me know. Uh, <laughs> And I'll get I love that, that we just we come with shaky info and like half cooked ideas, and we're like, 
listeners, would you kindly? <laughs> I mean, like, I... They always come through. Yeah, they always come through. They're the greatest. Uh, but yeah, if you ever see someone with, like, a custom Eurostep court and online 2K, it's probably actually me. Big, big... Oh, I, lo- I love this, the famous vibe. It's actually me. No, it's like... I don't know. I feel like some players, it's like some people do like, you know, if you're like a fan of a show, like I've, you know, you, you, you're a fan of the show, you know? Oh yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm giving you crap. It'd be, yeah, it would, the pods I listened to, I loved when you're able to talk to the people or, or hang, especially play a game against them or with them. It is fun. I'm, I'm just razzing you as I, as I'm prone to do. <laughs> but yeah, custom Euro step court. It's actually fire. I should tweet out an image of it. Yeah. You, you're going to have to, you're going to have to share that. Yeah. Oh, what a good way. What a what a good pod. I love this podcast. We're back to our old ways. I love it too. We're back to our, we wind it up. And again, we hit 40 minutes. I was like, we're kind of running low on content. And hopefully choose your fighter gets us to an hour. Not that it matters. Not that anyone is like cracking the whip. Like you need to be at this long. We just, yeah. you just have an idea in your head of, of how you expect the length to go. Pause. But <laughs> here we are at an hour 16 and, and we're over and I, I don't have a problem ever with being over on this podcast. Yeah, not a chance. It's just it's the more content in terms of act, like as long as it maintains the quality, the better. And I think we do. So I, I guess I hope so. Yeah, I, we should probably wrap this up, shouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, at this point, we're, we're, we're starting to run out of content here. So I guess I could say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, Ty mentioned it earlier, but if you want to get in on our Discord, you can tweet me or Ty a picture or a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, and we'll make sure to send you a link to get in there. Uh, make sure you're telling your family and friends about the show. Leave a rating, subscribe on your pa- podcast platform of choice. Wow, I'm struggling here. Uh, make sure you check out all of the great content across the entire Blue Wire podcast network. Stay safe, everyone. Pandemic is still a big thing. Wear your mask, socially distant. Just Stay safe, please, so we can get out of this, and we will talk to you next time. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.